if you've heard it's the most challenging market, it's probably there. one of the best markets there is. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's my favorite yeah. thing. They're like, oh, you can't wholesale in Southern California. There's too much competition. No, good. But, yeah. There's a lot of competitions it's because somebody's making a shitload of money yeah. there. That's <laughs> yeah. where I want to be. So, yeah. so one of my favorite things, I don't even know where this came from, but there's always room for one more if you're good enough. Mm. And so it's what I'd say if you're struggling, right, reach out to somebody who's having success in your market. Like reach out and go talk to that person, see what they're doing and emulate that. Find somebody you look up to, reach out to that person and go model them. Quit trying to invent the will, man. It's already been done. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Here we got Blake and Tyson Smith with We Buy Homes Cash. More operators in the Phoenix market, and they're going to talk about how their top rep has done 55 deals year to date, an unfathomable number. Now, as you guys know, I am on a mission to create 100 millionaires. The information on this podcast alone is enough to help you become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. If you'll take consistent action, you will become one. Now, I've been talking about that for a while. We finally created a tool free thing, right, to show you how to track the financials so you can know if you're actually a millionaire or not. Go to wealthevaluation.com to get our six-page PDF so you can do a worksheet if you guys are interested in figuring out exactly where you are financially. This show is brought to you by our sister company, InvestorLift. Get access to over 2 million cash buyers across the country. Go to InvestorLift.com, put in disruptors to get 10% off. And if you get value today, please tag your friend below, share this episode right now. That way we can all grow together. And it's a live show, so please ask your questions for Blake and Tyson to answer. Ready? Yep. Absolutely. All right. So the first question is, what was your life like right before you guys got into real estate? I'll start with you, and then we'll go with you. All right. Right before I got into real estate? Yeah. Um, well, right before I got into real estate, I was doing garden work. So yeah. Life was completely cool, we'll say. Yeah. Um. I won't dive deep into that, but basically, uh, I mean, that's what got me there, right? I had to figure out something to do and somewhere I was going to go earn, and I'm not employable. I'm a horrible employee. Definitely agree that you're unemployable. Yeah. We'll get to that later on, so. <laughs> as far as when I first met you, my very first impressions. So yeah. uh, so you're, was this around the time you had just winded down your construction company? Yep. Okay, so you already had success as a self-employed person, as an operator of a good sized company. Yep. Why don't we talk a little bit about what your business was like before you shut it down? Yeah, we uh, did uh, residential and commercial drywall. So drywall and, you know, metal sled framing, um, and then just a lot of residential production, multifamily type building, and ran a team of, at our height, we had 197 employees. 197 employees, W2. The majority, yes. So, well, was, I'd say fifty percent were. So, what was your monthly uh, payroll like? Uh, we based it on a weekly, so we, okay. our yeah payroll every week was over hundred grand. Just payroll. gotcha. So it's a little, little bit more than what you're spending today. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was the reason for shutting that down? Well, it, I guess for the long story, one I hated it, right? So there, I didn't realize, but you kind of just get drawn in and sucked into, it. and I didn't like the business, I didn't like where we were headed. But that was your years, right? So you kind of quit taking care of your business. Mm -hmm. And um, so I started hiring people to take care of my business, and they don't take care of your business. Yeah, not quite but the same. I, but I didn't keep eyes on them, right? And yeah. so I hired a guy, and we were just going to blow commercial up and cost me about $2 million in six months. And 
I was like, fuck this. So <laughs> I decided done. to go expand the commercial. Yeah. And as a result of expanding the commercial, you lost $2 million. Yeah, I burned through a million dollars cash in four months. And then just through, lost over another million dollars in AR. In what? In accounts oh, receivable. receivable. Like money yeah. that was owed to you? Yep. Wow, from commercial? Like, did these people like declare BK? Like, what happened there? Oh, well, it's just a whole, <laughs> whole story. But yeah, it was just like, uh, you start going down, uh, you're tied into some pretty intense contracts with yeah. commercial contractors. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you're not performing. They just kick you off and then liquidated damages. They come through and they just take your money. And there's really wow. not a lot you can do wow. about it. Okay, so you already, but you already had the taste of entrepreneurship and you yeah. realize you're unemployable. Yeah. yeah. So then what about you? What was your life like right before you got into real estate? Before I got into real estate, Steve, I was at the University of Alabama hitting the bars four or five nights a week and uh, pretty much didn't have much of a care in the world besides going to the gym and having fun. Yeah. University of Alabama. So you're probably... Roll Tide. Roll Tide. I was going to say you were probably already pretty close. You were in Ren's neck of the woods then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Kind of do whatever. You didn't really have a, a, a job no. at all. Was there any underlying reasons why you decided to pursue real estate? Well, so, I mean, ever since I was a little kid, I've always been attracted to, like, nice stuff, right? I wanted to wear a suit every single day, and I wanted to drive a shiny red sports car. I wanted to have a sick office and have a big house. These are things I always wanted. I always knew I was going to have, too. And uh, just throughout, like, like, so when I went to college, I was studying finance and real estate finance. Cause I was like, well, I could become, I could go work at Goldman Sachs and I could be a, I could be a stockbroker like uh, Jordan Belfort. Yeah. And maybe that could give me all this stuff. Then I had real estate too. Cause I knew that there were people in real estate who were making a ton of money as well. I didn't know shit, but th- this was my, this was my understanding. Master plan. Yeah. So I was doing that. Um, I had a, I had like several internships and whatnot. So I, I had an internship at a big, uh, real estate investment services firm specialized in student housing uh, for a summer and worked under a great team there and got a lot of like exposure to that. And I was like, Oh, I, I want to do this. Like I wanted to work there full time. And uh, that was my plan for when I graduated. Mm-hmm. But then I graduated in 2020, which as you know, something pretty crazy happened in, yeah. in the whole world decided Not in Arizona. Yeah, well, true, but until it did, <laughs> <laughs> but Arizona was one of the better places to be. Yeah. But uh, you know, when that happened, the firm was like, hey, like, we don't really, we don't have any deal flow. Like, we don't have a spot for you anymore. And so what am I going to do? I, I can't just sit around and do nothing. And he had told me about wholesaling over the past year or so. Yeah. And that was my intro to real estate. Well, I shouldn't say that because when I was, uh, when I was 18, we, uh, I came, I went and got my real estate license. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know for, that. For a summer. I threw his ass on the phones calling. Oh, yeah. I was, I was, I was <laughs> calling expires and here, just. <laughs> Say this. <laughs> yeah. Hated it. Great practice. Oh, yeah. Great well, well, so uh, honestly, that, that's the truth is because because of that, even though I, I didn't know what I was doing and I, I wasn't like I was good at phone sales after mm-hmm. that, but I had experience doing it and I thought I had training. So I just, I was like, you know, I, I am good on the phones, whatever. And so I had that little bit of confidence when I first did get into wholesaling. And I was like, oh, I, I already know. I already know how to do this. You already faced it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't talk about this a lot, but like one of my first jobs out of high school, I did work. And like, I didn't get paid very well. It was like eight bucks an hour, but it was a job. Yeah. Right. I worked eight hours a day, cold calling for uh, a dollar an hour. So what got you, what, what, what prompted you to get into real estate? Well, when I was looking around, right, I, I'm looking at jobs. I've got people offering me uh, to come and run their company. They're like, we're going to pay you a hundred grand a year. 
there's not a chance I'm gonna go look for somebody for a hundred grand a year. Like yeah. that's not gonna I'll go I will go Molans and make fifty grand a year before I do that. I just I don't <clears> care. I'm not doing that. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I can do real estate. That's gotta be the easiest job in the world. And so I got licensed and I started doing it and I realized it wasn't easy. But part of it was like I didn't know I didn't have a sphere of influence. So I'm calling expireds. I'm learning from people who I didn't really like their system. So I didn't believe in it. And so now I'm trying to tell somebody, hey, let me sell your house. I don't even believe in it. And it just, the first year was miserable. Second year was better. The third year was better. But I still didn't have a passion. It was the third year, though, that I stumbled upon my first wholesale deal that I didn't get. I don't even remember my first wholesale deal. I remember this deal, though. Yeah. And I was trying to get the seller from, uh, to, to talk to me. And I could tell he wasn't being honest with me. There was something I was missing and he wasn't being truthful. Come to find out he'd already signed a contract, but yeah. that's where I met temp. So my, my broker said, he's like, yeah, this is a cash deal. Call this kid. I met temp. And, and so we gave a cash price. We, we couldn't make it work out. We ended up finding the truth, but I watched that deal and I saw him flip it. And I was like, that's what I want to do. And that was in like October of, uh, 2018. Yeah. And I threw, all my traditional money. I closed down my CRM. I exported the leads, threw them in the trash. And I just went and said, how do I do this? Right. And I just started wholesaling. All right. So you don't remember your very first deal, but what transactions do you remember when you decided to go in wholesaling? Um, well, that transactions, I remember. Um, most of the transactions I remember were, just understanding like sometimes you're trying to be too fancy with people and they're just like, dude, I just need help. Right. right? So learn to just shut up, say less. Mm -hmm. What do you need? So is this what you want? Right. Yeah. Sign here. Yeah. Right. And quit overcomplicating the system. Mm -hmm. So it's more, that's the stuff I think I remember than actual transactions. That sure. uh, how long was it when you said, all right, I'm watching this transaction go through. That's what I want to do. How long from like that realization to like, this became a business immediately immediately yeah what was the thing you like what do you remember what you did to to get your first deals going um yeah i got mojo dialer mm -hmm. and i got a list of foreclosures and tied on i started calling hey do you want a cash offer actually i called you is what happened is i called you and i said steve i want to learn how to wholesale yeah i remember that. what the hell do you do and you said hey there's this guy rafael vargas that you should talk to I Google Rafael Vargas and I'm like, oh shit, this dude's got a thing in Miami. Right. I go to Miami. That's $5,000 and I don't have any money. Like I'm real estate's not doing well. I go to Miami and I'm sitting in Miami and he shows all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's what I need. Like that's right. CRM. And, and a dude is sitting next to me. He's like, what do you think this is going to cost? I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Whatever it costs, I'm paying because yeah. I'll make the money back. Right. Right. And it was 25 grand. And I, yeah. and I just said, uh, I didn't even have the 25 grand. Right. I'm like, yeah, I'll give you 12,000 now and I'll give you 12,000 in two weeks when mm -hmm. a deal was closing. And, but I believed in myself. I was like, that's the system. And it was really just a podio system to organize leads mm -hmm. and a script. And I just grabbed that and rolled. It was just, just one of the best CRMs available at, at the, the time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you go out there, you, I think that included like the, the, it was like 25 for the CRM and it included like some mentorship. So you learned from him and you started doing more deals. So your business became consistent. Fairly quickly? No. No. 
No, no, no. Business didn't come become consistent. It still isn't <coughs> consistent. I mean, I mean, it's consistently inconsistent. <laughs> but you know, I mean, the months are pretty consistent, but you yeah. still have ebbs and flows. How? Because you you said you just hit Mojo, you just start calling foreclosures. How relevant did you did you find your realtor experience? Zero. Zero. That's true. Uh, well, I, the the part of the realtor experience that that helped me was I knew how to comp. Mm-hmm. I could look at a property and be like, and this is value. Yeah. That was experienced. Right. Gotcha. And then when exactly did you guys decide to start working together? So when I, like I said, so I was just basically when COVID happened, I was just in Alabama. I was living with like five other guys in our entire frat house. It was like, we we're just like, in the, like you just fucking off. And yeah. uh, eventually it was like, hey, it's time to come home. I'm like, oh, shit. All right. <laughs> And uh, came home, and it's like, obviously, like, that job went away. I was like, well, I got to do something. And he was like, look, here's what I've been doing. Like, obviously, I had known about this, but he was like, if you come on and do this with me, and you're fully in, mm-hmm. we'll go ahead and we'll do this 50-50. Got it. And I was like, all right. I was like, well, how much money can we made again? And, you know, he's showing me different people, and they're driving sports cars. Yeah, they're like, driving nice cars. I was like, I'm yeah. in. Show him the dream. <laughs> Everyone that's in the industry that's on social media – Appears to be doing really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in addition to Raphael, who else helped you, you know, kind of blossom your business? Your podcast. So you. Like, oh, I, when I was first started, right, it was listening to your podcast. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm driving in my car, whatever, I'm listening to real estate disruptors. Yeah. And, and like anything, right, it's not like the whole show is great. I only need one little nugget that mm-hmm. come out of a show, one yeah. little nugget here. Um whether it's, you know, pace, I can close deals like this. Well, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Or, you know, Jamil, like just his personality and go talk to people. And you just, just these smallest little things mm-hmm. give you that belief system, right? And you start, well, I can do it. Or I've been able to do that. Right. But listening to the show just keeps you motivated and pushing further. Dude, people ask me all the time, like, how did you learn how to do this? And it's like, I listen to every single episode of this podcast, Sales Disruptors, every mm-hmm. single one that came out. And like, I look back now, like I probably listened to Pace and Jamil's episode, Templeton's episode, RJ Bates's episode, Nick Perry's episode. I probably listened to each of those like four or five times a piece. Yeah. So, right. like, and Nick, it's awesome Nick to hear talking this. about hiring and like, just mm-hmm. how you're doing like, oh, that makes sense, right? right. And it you makes just learn sense. little things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's for me, like, uh, selfishly, like, one of the huge benefits I have of the show, they're like, well, you know, why you start the show? One of the reasons why I started the show is I can get anybody in the country to come on the show yeah. and tell me exactly what I need to know. <laughs> right? So that's been a huge benefit. But I'm glad, right, that you guys are able to, to take the nuggets and, and apply it. And, like, I do believe everyone that comes on the show has at least one thing about them that sets them apart. That we can that we can replicate. Um, Every single person, they have the exact roadmap for like what I wanted to do. Then there was like I just really named off like five or six of them, and how many different people have you had? But I just saw these people. Those are all people that I like connected with that I really you know. And I just see they're they're showing exactly what is going on. Mm-hmm. And there's so much like for free. Like it's on this podcast, and also they all have YouTube channels with a bunch of other supplemental free information. It's right. just all out there, right there for you. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, what were some of you guys' biggest victories along the way, right? I mean, it's only been, it feels like it's only been a few years, but you, you guys have had some big victories. What were some of the biggest ones? I'll tell you, my, my first, like the, the biggest thing I'll always remember is the first time making $100,000 on a deal mm-hmm. and like looking at a check. It was the first check we ever got. Like we've always gotten bank wires. 
but I had a check for, I don't know, it was like 132 grand. Yeah. And like me and him drove to the bank together and like gave it to the teller and she took it and all of a sudden all of that money was in the bank account. And I was yeah. like, holy shit, <laughs> this is sick. And yeah. so then at that point, just like perspective of money has now changed. It's like, it took me, what, maybe a month of following up with that lead and then two months for us to close the transaction. And all of a sudden that amount of money came in here. Now all of a sudden I know never in my life would I ever be able to trade my time for money unless somebody's willing to pay me exorbitant amounts of it per mm -hmm. hour. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's incredibly powerful. It, re, it recalibrates everything we know about money, right, in, in an instant. Which, and, and that's the thing is I'm keep, I want to keep pushing that. Yeah. Like, even now I know that there's still room to grow. Like, there are people out there who are making what we make in a year and a day. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, I need to keep pushing you, and figure out what I need to do. You think of, like, what people like Elon, the richest people, like, how they really perceive money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Their perception of the world is a little bit different. It, not, right. Not, but I need to get pretty that. dope. I yeah. need that perception. Like, yeah. I need to keep leveling up till I'm there. What about you, Blake? What, what was the biggest victories you've had along the way? Well, the biggest victories that I've had are watching the team grow, like mm -hmm. watching people come into our organization and watching their mindset just change overnight, their entire belief system. That'd be my biggest victory. Yeah, so talk about that because, you know, you guys were here um, a month ago when Ren was out here for sales leadership, and you guys were talking about, like, how impactful it is, like the, the, the morning huddles you guys have. So talk about how your team's lives have improved. Well, um, and this will kind of lead in. So our the our one acquisition rep, he came in. He actually was seeing Tyson on, a, I don't know, somewhere. Social TikTok. media is something. TikTok. I don't know which one. but I was hoping it was like a social media platform and not like another like. Yeah, social media platform. And this kid lived in California, right? Yeah. And he messaged Tyson. like, hey, I want to come work for you. And kind of was persistent on. And uh, he he shows up and. He's not a natural salesman, but he's very coachable. Mm -hmm. No, if you looked or you talked to this kid, you would like he has a very monotone voice. Yeah. Like he he does not display the traits of like somebody that you think is gonna come on and be a rock star. But you tell him to do something and he just follows it. He just does it. And so we we brought him, but you know, he came in wanting to learn and stuff, but he, now you're starting to see his dreams expand yeah now he's like i want to figure i want to go buy a fourplex i want a house hack where he wasn't even like it wasn't even really a possibility for him to buy a house and now he's gone from well not only to buy a house but i want to try and buy a fourplex mm -hmm. and um in closing deals where he was struggling at first and like I'm like man what are we going to do here um but his close rate now is 55 transactions he is yeah. one in 4.7 offers to a that's absolutely remarkable yeah and you know, the impact is huge. The other thing is you're the second person I've heard, third person I heard to actually do business from TikTok, right? So like the very first one was Ryan Pineda, right? He was the one that was like leading that charge a while ago. I was like, well, you know, I don't know about trying to be trying to catch Ryan Pineda. But then RJ Bates, right? He said on part of the disruption, like he regularly gets transactions because he just posts his cold calls on TikTok. Mm -hmm. So what are you posting on TikTok that attracted this this model employee well one i'll tell you is i'm not getting any we're not getting deals from tiktok <laughs> but it is it's the personnel that is that's the biggest thing for it but dude everything man is what it, it what it comes down to posting on tiktok or posting on social media in general it 
all you're doing is telling your story to the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's a whole bunch of things, right? I show people, I, one thing that I do that's really big, if anybody wants to grow on TikTok, here's a hack for you. Go live and just do your cold calls live. Mm -hmm. This is gonna be great for you, twofold reasons. Number one, you have an audience. So you're gonna perform at your very highest every yeah. single time. So like we talked, like you had, uh, you had Luke, Luke Rutvold and mm -hmm. uh, Jake Landis on the show and, and yeah. Luke likes to play Madden while, while he cold calls, right? That Crazy. keeps it entertaining yes. for him. Yeah. For me, going live on TikTok made it entertaining for me. All of a sudden, I got people I'm hanging out with. It's kind of like a show. Like I'm having a great time with mm -hmm. it, and it allows me to do it for longer. But yeah. also, it allowed me to get better because I need to perform. Mm -hmm. But then through doing that, people like to see it for whatever reason, right? Yeah. And then that started bringing people in. And then that's exactly, that's how like this guy saw it. He just saw me live talking to people. He was like, well, I think I could do that. Right. Message me, hey, can I come do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I moved out here. But what's a post, right? It's just, you're just telling your story. It's whatever you want. Yeah, right? I like that. Have you considered, if you're doing lives on TikTok, have you considered starting a Twitch stream? I, I've been doing it on YouTube now um, yeah. because it's so much better because also like I want to show people my screen and TikTok won't let me do it. Like, mm -hmm. It's just my face. But I want to show people like, hey, look, I'm, you know, here's what I'm looking at, my comps and everything like that. So if you guys are interested in watching live, like I do this on YouTube. At TikTok Tyson's keeps now. shutting his account down too. Yeah, also, he, yeah. For whatever reason. <laughs> um, I think it's awesome though that you're leveraging social media because it's something that we talk about from time to time, the power of branding, the power of creating content, telling a story. And the objection we always get is like, well, well why would anyone want to hear my story? Right, like why, like, you know, or I'd rather just do deals versus creating content. So... Can you address for me yes, those two dude, objections? Yes, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What do you mean? Okay, listen, I don't know what you believe in or anything like that, but a lot of people, they believe that you were created in God's image and you are the, the embodiment and likeness of him. And if you believe that and you don't believe that you have something special to share with other people, then you're lying to yourself. Yeah. Everybody has something that they were put on this earth to be amazing at. And by you just keeping it for yourself, you're being selfish. You can't help anybody else out if you're doing that. And even if it's a something is you just starting out and showing people, here's a mean, I don't know shit, I'm just doing this. You know what? Somebody else is going to see that and be like, well, if, if he's not afraid to try it out, then maybe I can. And right. you know what? Spiritually, by you helping that person out, it's going to come back to you. I love that. What about the... So I'm glad I got him so I don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about the other question of like, well, I'd rather be doing deals than, than creating content. Bro, I'm live on TikTok closing deals. Yeah. Like there are videos of me, like I'm not only, like I'm making money closing deals while I'm doing this. So that's where people get, will get caught up. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I do tell that to people who like, they talk to me like, hey, I want to get my social media going while I'm doing this. It's like, well, let's make sure that you're managing your time correctly. Mm -hmm. For me, like when I first started, especially like I'm live while I'm doing an income generating activity. Yeah. When I'm talking to this person who's doing, they're like, well, I have made these videos of this and that. It's like, okay, well, is that making you any money? Like, yeah. So you so have to the be... fact that you're tying it to an income activity. Right. Yeah, I like that a lot. So how proud are you to hear all, all this coming from him? No, that's a, it's, it's why I like what he's doing. That's what I want him to go do. Yeah. I was saying as a father, like how proud is like, the, is, how rewarding is it? Or did you just like, well, you just, you know, you didn't just hire him like some random person off the street. Like you brought no, him in. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you know, in hindsight, I, because I had worked with him, right? If I brought him in as a I knew that would just be mm -hmm. right. Um, the only way to get him to come in, which is why I brought him on as a full partner, right? And said, look, I'm going to give you 50%. We're just going to start everything. It's all half yours mm -hmm. from day one, because that would, that would, um, 
produce complete buy-in. Two right? feet in. And you need commitment. You need commitment for something to work. No. So when I look, at, I guess, I mean, yeah, p- proud, but more, um, it's more happiness, right, than, than proud. Like, because it's, I like to see my kids, I'm happy that my kids are pursuing their dreams. That's yeah. what I want more than them pursuing my dreams. So I'm happy that he gets to go and just try and do different things inside this umbrella. Like this, this opportunity allows him to be creative and try this and see what works. And so, and that's what I enjoy seeing. So RJ Bates here is in the comments saying that uh, we should have Tyson and closures Olympics. So uh, we'll see. You know what, dude, they also shout out to RJ. Another one, like I said, dude, I've listened to his episodes how many times, and I was mm-hmm. like, dude, these guys. Dude. And I've listened to him on Closers Olympics, yeah. and that like changed the game for me. I remember watching and being like, dude, have you seen this guy? Like the way he's talking to these people, and like, look, he's getting like, holy! It really changed my perspective. Well, he's authentic, mm-hmm. right? He's, authentic. Yeah. he's not very good, but he's authentic. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'll tell you what they 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 commented on one of my videos because, like I said, I post me closing deals. Like RJ knows himself, you know, right. we're actually out here doing deals. But I posted this, and somebody commented and was like, "Hey, let's get you on closer. Let's get you doing it." And I said, "Yeah, absolutely. Hit me up." Mm-hmm. Have you gotten a link yet? Haven't heard anything. All right, I'll send you the link after this. So we'll see. I'm gonna be a judge. We'll see how. Yeah, well, that goes. Did you watch me judge last year? Mm. I say I don't know if you want to go through Dude, it. You're a terrible the, judge. Come I know. On. I was gonna say like, are you sure you want to do it? Like with me being the judge. <laughs> I I like my system. I learned from you. Yeah. Uh, like I'm. That's perfect. Yeah. It should it should be an unfair advantage really for anyone that's gone through our training. Um. Uh, <clears throat> so we're talking about you know how your top rep right has gotten 55 contracts year to date. Mm-hmm. So talk to me like how do we get someone to have an operation or how does someone get to a business where they're doing 55 transactions year to date? What have you guys done to, to allow to allow that to happen? Um, I don't know that it's what we've done. He's coachable. Mm-hmm. I mean, the biggest thing is so when when I hear a call and we're going through a call, like our script is follow the script, right? Mm-hmm. Quit trying to be the hero. Just read that thing, and that's what he does. Right. And um, but the thing he the coachable part, and this is you can't train that, right? So. But when, when I hear something and I will tell him, hey, let's say it this way and this is why, he absorbs that. And then he implements it immediately. Yeah. And that's been his, his biggest success is just that he's coachable. Right? He'll listen to you. And, and it could be something as simple as, um, um, hey, Steve, just make me an offer. And everybody, like we just talked about this, and most – of these acquisition reps go, oh, yeah, I just need a few minutes. Let me figure this out. Mm-hmm. And they pause. Mm-hmm. That's a statement. Let right. me, I just need to ask you a few more questions. Mm-hmm. You know, I need about five, 10 minutes. Right. Well, they end in the statement and they've left a gap there. Quit doing that. Follow back up and you have to end that statement, come back with a question. And mm-hmm. so he's been very cognizant of like, like just small changes like that, keeping a conversation going. Yeah. And I think for me, I don't know how many people I've mentored, well over a hundred, right? Or, I mean, everything I've done over the years, my favorite attribute of all attributes is the person that just does what you tell them to do. Of all the attributes, yeah, right? He like, does. hey, go do this. And they go do this. It's like, if I say, hey, Blake, I need you to do this. Like, yeah. And I come back, how did it go? I was like, well, <laughs> I did this instead. It's like, no, that's not what I said, right? <laughs> so of all my favorite, of all the attributes, there's two. 
But my favorite one is they'll do exactly what you tell them to do. And my second favorite attribute, it's pretty close, man. It's like 1A, 1B, is that they're grateful, right? Like they're appreciative that you helped them versus like this entitled. Yeah, like, I'd say he is that too. Yeah. It's, uh, but it, oh, it goes hand in hand. You can't have yeah, one without the other. Yeah, because yeah. when you say, like, there was deals and, and he would come back, right? He's he's new. And you got a, just an unmotivated, unrealistic song. I want a million dollars. I'm like, go offer him 200 grand. Mm-hmm. And he's like, serious? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And he would just go read the script and offer 200 <laughs> grand. And then he'd come back. What they say? They hung up on me or whatever it was. Right. But through that, right, he wanted to develop, like, a thick skin for him. And now... But he also saw how some of these unrealistic sellers, when you came in and gave that offer and then said, this is what's going on, and they came down, he was like, it only took one of those to work. And he's like, damn, all right, I'm going to continue to do what you say. Absolutely. So he is the last part, right, of, you know, to get 55 contracts, he's the last part. A lot of other things have to go right before that happens. So let's start at the very beginning. Uh, What kind of marketing are you guys doing? to get this kind of deal volume here. Here's what I'll tell you. If you want to get some, you want to get a rep who's going to go get 55 contracts in I don't know how many months it's been, whatever. True. Who's going to go get 55 contracts by April and the start of a year. Here's what you need to do. Number one, you absolutely have to have your marketing in tune, mm-hmm. right? So we were doing these outbound forms of marketing. And I think that that is, these are strategies that worked in 2019, 2020 and 2021. Mm-hmm. We found in 2022, when a lot of people slowed down, that we were slowing down and we had to make adjustments. Yeah. And so we had switched to all forms of inbound marketing, which mm-hmm. we had heard about and we had know, known that these were hotter leads for, for the longest time, mm-hmm. but we finally went all in. We're like, hey, this is what we're gonna do now. So now we have inbound marketing in the form of meta ads, Google pay-per-click ads, and YouTube ads. Mm-hmm. Um, through that, now we have a much hotter person, but just because you have a hot lead, you also need somebody who's able to facilitate and turn that into a closed deal, right? right. And the way we've been able to build him up to do that is by constant training right so we this is something we learned in, in your sales leadership development right we're constantly working with this person to ensure that our goals are aligned we know what he wants and we're able to coach him to be able to do the things that he wants to do he right. wants to go close that amount of deals and we know that because we have the meetings just like you told us to do mm-hmm. so we have with them number one we have our morning meetings every single day we go over our wins um, and literally every single person in our office we go over we talk about where do we win yesterday right hey i crushed my workout this happened to me. I stuck to my diet. I got this deal under contract. I sold whatever it is, right? We talk about it, everyone goes around. We also talk about, hey, what am I going to do for today? We also have our, our uh, standards of excellence. So it's like we know that as an acquisition rep, your standard of excellence is to get at least one closed contract a day. And if you don't have a closed contract, then you better have at least four offers. Mm-hmm. If, you have, if you don't have four offers, then you need to have three hours of talk time. And right. if you don't have three hours of talk time, then you need to have how many dials is it? I think it's 140 or something. 140, like that. something like that, right? Yeah. So these are the daily actions every single day that if you do those things, eventually you're going to get the end result that you're looking for. For sure. Um, but in addition to that, also real quick, is we have a system that works for him. Like he said, we told him, hey, look, here, here's the script. Follow this, and it's going to work. And this is a process we've built up over, you know, how many years of rewriting and figuring out and learning from you and learning, right? Figuring out, hey, this is the pro, like this works. Like mm-hmm. this is an executable thing that if you follow this, you're going to get the same result, which is going to be success. Yeah. And in addition, that is adding in like our flair with um, novations. Mm-hmm. So we put him in, in a spot for success where he's able to take the leads we're giving him, convert them into contracts because he has the tools 
to be able to give them what these sellers are looking for, solve their problems, so we can solve somebody else's problems so we can get paid in the middle. Sure. But, but then on, like, you can give them all the tools, but then you have to look at your leads, right? So it, cold call leads are great. Texting leads are great. But it takes a lot of them to get a contract. Mm -hmm. So right now, um, our, our year-to-date metric is I need 62 cold call leads to get a contract. Yeah. So if I'm just cold calling and you're my acquisition rep, you got to make you got to talk to 62 people, and then you got that nurture cycle mm -hmm. of months, right? Because right. cold call leads take a little bit longer sure. in the cycle, so they're further down. So that one in 62 is how many? How much time do you got to take? A ton of time, right? Not just initial, but all this, up. right? Yeah. So now, if you want your rep to close more deals, what if we go get a different lead? Mm -hmm. What if we go? get a PPC lead. Yeah. My PPC is one in nine, one in nine or one in 10. Mm -hmm. My meta ads are like one in 12. Um, our uh, YouTube leads are one in 17. Mm -hmm. So if you're one in 10 and one in 62, you one just six got six contracts versus one. Mm -hmm. So if I want to give you more at bats, when I switch marketing to that hotter lead and that's further into the cycle that you can get more, one and done closes, those mm -hmm. are going to happen more often, or that turn cycle is more of a two-week turn cycle instead of months. Yeah. It's more contracts. So right now, how many reps do you guys have? Two. Two reps. So between Meta, YouTube, and Google, how much are you guys spending a month on marketing? 30. 30. Between 25 to 30 grand a month on marketing. And then is it a national level is it multi-state level or is national. it so it's just a blank united states uh, yes. it's, it, well we're yeah, trying to uh, eliminate things as best we can but yeah the, the google i mean it's not it's not a full blanket like mm -hmm. we've excluded some places but it's like right now we have 40 transactions in 17 different states yeah so it's so pretty wide so they come in so youtube google meta they go to a landing page probably filling out a web form. Is he reaching out to these people? Yes. So he's taking it from web lead to conversation, to contract, contract to close. Yeah, we don't mm -hmm. do that lead manager stuff. So no lead manager. Nah. That's gone. Yeah. Okay. Um, see what other questions I want to ask here. So what, what shares or percentages would you say is uh, cash? I guess, are you guys closing on anything? We are not buying anything. Okay. So what percentage is, are you wholesaling it? What percentage are you uh, novating? And is there any creative? Yeah, but we're wholesaling creative. Like we got one that's uh, going to close in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. It is a zero interest type deal and just a complete junk deal. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll make like seven grand off it because we're selling the terms. But, right. um, <clears throat> and we sold these terms on the MLS through innovation, right? Yeah, they just got all three. Yeah, like hit it all <laughs> in, in the same deal. But it's—I don't have the exact percentage, but if we looked at it, it's ninety percent innovation. Ninety percent innovation. Yeah. Okay, so there's got to be some challenges, right? Oh, yeah. Innovating across the country. Yeah. Because right? I don't—I know there are people doing it, but there are not a lot of people talking about it, right? So let's just say you know I'm listening, right? You know we're peers, and I decide, hey, I go back to Jaden. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jaden. New plan. Yeah. We're, we're innovating across the country. Yeah. What's the first thing I got to have in place? Pay me. 
Okay, of course. No. <laughs> <laughs> or after that. No. Um, well, here's the thing. You, you have to have one, proper paperwork. Yeah. yeah. Right? You, have, you need to figure out how your process, are you going to use a nationwide title company or are you going to go figure one out in every state? What do you want to yeah. do? Right. Um, and then how, what's that process? Like, what do you, how are you going to handle the process from contract to close, right? Like, mm. what does that look like for you? I know how we do it. Right. But everybody's going to have their own little flair of how they want to handle it. You got to figure out, okay, do I have all of the paperwork necessary also just to get these, right? Do I have the innovation paperwork, everything else involved? You have, then you also, now you have to think, okay, how am I going to be selling these properties? I'm listing them on the MLS. Am I doing a flat fee listing service? Am I working with a realtor? If so, what are the different nuances of each of them? Do I have the personnel to deal with doing the flat fee listing on all of our different properties? Do I have the realtors who are, I can trust to actually sell these deals and not mm -hmm. do what like realtors do? Um, Your favorite topic. Yeah. And then also making sure that you understand the entire title process because sure. getting paid on an ovation deal is going to be different than getting paid on the wholesale deal, mm -hmm. right? It's not just an assignment. You don't have an assignment fee on the HUD and get paid that way, right? There's different ways that you have to, to work with the title company um, with notice of interest and whatnot in order to actually get paid. And then secondly, do you have some cash because your novation cash cycle is a lot longer. Yeah. When you're wholesaling, like you get a lead and two weeks later you're cashed out, maybe mm -hmm. four weeks, Yeah. right? Innovations ninety to one hundred twenty days. Right, right. So you just took whatever cash you did, and you're not going to realize cash for ninety days. Yeah. So you better have some cash. Let's talk about again your favorite topic here. So uh, pros and cons mm -hmm. of going with a realtor versus a flat fee service. So I don't think there are pros anymore. Um, the, the I guess the pros are you don't need personnel. Mm -hmm. right that, that is a pro but the cons are you lose control of your contract and i don't like i don't like to give up control i don't i want to be the one like if if it's not going to close i want it to be my fault so as soon as we put it in a realtor's hands i can't i've lost all negotiating right i'm relying on some listing agent to negotiate with this buyer's agent and try and keep my title company that we have to close with so they don't mess up the novation get to negotiating and now it's third party, third party, third party. So there's just a lot of uncontrollable uh, variables. Yeah. That to me, I don't think it's worth it. So we did that for a long while and I was like, Hey, it's just not working. We need more control over the contract from start mm -hmm. to finish. And that's why we just said, we're going to go with the flat fee because now all, everything is coming to us. So now, and I can also do, we can put metrics for a disposition rate. Yeah. If I have a realtor doing it, what do I hold you accountable for? As a Open rep? houses. Right? Like, you're not, there's not, what are you going to, who are you calling? Who are you trying to negotiate with? Right? Because yeah. now you're all going through a listing agent. Yeah. You know who I'd rather negotiating my deals? My dispo guy that's been trained by you versus some realtor who I have no idea about. Yeah. yeah. That's a fair point. Now, you mentioned national title versus local. Mm -hmm. What are you guys doing now? Are you guys doing national or are you doing local? National. National. What do you guys like? Clothesline. Clothesline? Yep. And then, um, you know, you and I had an interesting conversation. I'm, I'm curious for an update. Mm -hmm. uh, you and I had a, a, a private conversation one day. We were talking about attorney in fact. Mm -hmm. So what is your opinion, not your legal opinion, what is your attorney's opinion? Attorney in fact. Of attorney in facts. My, so I went and went through and he said, look, they're wrong. Mm -hmm. An attorney in fact, anybody can appoint. And so that's actually why we went. So I went and found a title company that the attorney in fact 
works mm-hmm. and it's just a much easier process. Okay. So, so there was a moment where you're saying that it couldn't work, but now you're saying. Well, we had a title company that said it can't work. You Got have it. to get a power of attorney. And so mm-hmm. then that's going to create a whole other thing because the power of attorney has to be notarized. Right. right. So then you're like, how are we going to deal with this? And there, and we did for a little bit, but I just, I'm going to reach out for true legal advice. Mm-hmm. Like, cause again, a title company is not an attorney. No. Right. So I'm going to go talk to an attorney. Yeah. And he's like, no, like I get where they're coming from, but uh, they're wrong. Okay. So the other attorney's opinion was an attorney, in fact, can only be appointed by an attorney. And so now you're saying the, the title ter- company, the title company's attorney. So now you find an attorney whose opinion is anyone can appoint an attorney, in fact. Yeah. He's like, if you're on your deathbed, right, you can say, hey, I appoint this person, right? And you can make them a legal guardian over. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to. They can be your attorney, in fact. Gotcha. Let's see, what are some other questions I want to ask here? Um, so we had the marketing. Um, I'm surprised you guys, how much success you guys are having on YouTube. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about YouTube, uh, which would be interesting because we had Data Flick here last week, and they're talking about how you can skip trace people based off their address. Not skip trace. You can geofence them based off their address. So you can just blast them with YouTube ads just based off mm-hmm. their address. Well, here's the thing about YouTube, dude. Anybody in the world who wants to sit down and really learn how to do something, you can go sit down and they're going to go to YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Like for me, when I want to learn how to wholesale real estate, that's where I'm going. You have a captive person who's like ready to seriously learn how to do something. So when somebody goes on YouTube and searches up one of these like highly targeted phrases, like how do I sell my ugly house fast? Mm-hmm. That's a motivated individual. Oh, absolutely. A very motivated individual. So, um, so I was going to talk about how, you know, you, you feel like you're unemployable. I happen to agree, right? So I remember like Templeton reached out to me one day and he's like, hey, you got to talk to Blake Smith. Okay, I'll talk to Blake Smith, right? Templeton says talk to him, I'll talk to him. And he came into my office, sat down, and I don't know if I've ever had an interview where there were more F-bombs dropped during an interview. That could be. <laughs> and the whole time I was like, is this the guy? <laughs> Should we bring this guy in? I was like, what the hell? You know, as far as the template, let's bring him in, right? So he came in, and you just absolutely rocked it. Uh, so one thing that, you know, I've ever, I don't think I ever personally thanked you for this, uh, but, you know, I have my weekly calls with Matthew Potter, right? He's a host of Pardon Disruption, and, like, he has been, like, my, my uh, what's the word? Um, I mean, we've been uh, riding that horse forever. Like, he is, like, our, our, our oh, steady. Yeah, right? rock star. The rock star. And like, he's like, I got this deal closed. I got this, this deal closed and this deal closed. And I was like, okay, like where'd that deal come from? I was like, oh, Blake. Okay. And like, it seemed like every other month, like where'd that deal come from? Blake, man, Blake has made me so much money. I've never personally, uh, thank you. So, you know, thank you for that. Uh, Happy happens. Yeah. But like, you know, cause you're out there marketing in the Phoenix market at this time. You're marketing really hard in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's a retail, retail deal. Mm-hmm. And there's only a few realtors you actually enjoy working with. Yeah. Right? Matt and Potter I, is and seriously I'm li- the GOAT. But I'm yeah. licensed, right? right? I could list them all. I could do that. You could. It's not worth my time. But you're allergic to realtors. It's also not my core competence, right? Yeah. Like, let's let somebody who's really good at that go do that. Yeah. And he's really good at it. He is really and good. I can trust him, right? It's like, I don't have to have a sheet and be like, oh, are you going to pay me or not? Like, because if I have to do that, again, not okay. worth my time. Well, it certainly helped, right? Like, so it was having, at Stunning Homes Realty, right? Owning a yeah. brokerage and the title company and having, like, you and Matt be in the same transaction. So, like, whenever it closed, it says, make sure we pay 25% to Blake. And it's like, it's real simple. It's really super clean. 
Um, the other thing too that I, I found humbling, right? So again, we had our sales leadership event here and you sat down and like one of the first things you said, like, Steve, I just noticed something today. It's like, well, what'd you notice? You want to talk about that? Yes. So um, I was talking that I, I, what I said is um, I, I was, I learned about this thing called Y2 Combinator, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. Basically, it, it's something in like Silicon Valley where yeah, that's like, yeah, it's just all like these big unicorn startups came from people that attended this thing. Yeah. And I was like, you're that, but for wholesalers. <laughs> like every single person I talked to, they either, they were like your acquisitions agent or they work somewhere in your company. Yeah. Like, holy, oh, you were over with Steve? Oh, you were too? Like everybody. And, and also you can just tell in the entire industry, the way people talk in all of their sales, mm. it's all Steve Trang magic. Yeah. Like every single person, the questions they ask, the way they start the phone call, the way they're giving offers, it's it, like you, you bleed all over the industry. Like you can see the signs of it everywhere. Yeah. Oh, it's everywhere. And that's such like, like it's so rewarding here, right? Cause like, again, like we do, when we started this podcast, um, no one knew who I was. Like I'm still the same person I was like, but when it I was even before your podcast, right? You were doing the disruptor meetups. You mm -hmm. started doing the meetups. It was around they, the same time. I, 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 I watched it at the same time. Yeah. So, but it's crazy to just see it come full circle. Like, you know, you saying like you started like from watching the show. It's so rewarding to watch this whole thing go full cycle. Like next month would be year five, right? Like next month would be like when they had Templeton, like May 7th, 2018, right? Really? So it's just so awesome to see this whole thing go full cycle. Yeah. And then um, another thing that's really cool is like, you know, we have an opportunity to work together again, right? Uh, with uh, Ren and my sales leadership. So, you know, talk about how that's impacted your business. One thing that we've never been really good at is like structured meetings. Like it's something that like even so the wind meetings we're talking about, that all came from our operations manager, mm -hmm. Mitchell. Like he's the one who brought in all of that. And he's also the one who's implemented the meetings and everything that we got from the sales leadership development. Mm -hmm. So something that I talk about is I said, I was like, look, there's all of these different people out there doing sales training. You can go to a million different places and learn how to sell, but there's nowhere to learn how to manage salespeople effectively and lead them to be able to live up to their full potential. And you came right. out with this, this product, which was amazing, by the way. It's a two-day event where you come through, and it's like the whole process from hiring amazing people to how you hold them accountable so that they can go be the rock stars you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And we just took everything, just injected it straight, and we're like, okay, perfect. Take all of these. We're doing these meetings right now. Put them on the calendar, and Mitchell's running them. So yeah. it's based, like, one thing that was really cool that's really been beneficial for us is the 15- and 30-day meetings. Yeah. So in order to hold all of our people accountable, number one, I told you we have the uh, standard of excellence for them. And we know that, hey, if you do these daily actions, you're going to have the result you're looking for. And we know what the result they're looking for is because we're having these meetings. Yeah. And all that's implemented because we came to the sales leadership. Like, we didn't have standard of excellence. Like, no. we had metrics. We were holding them. But, but they were not, your metrics. They were, but not, and they weren't at the level like for the agent sitting down and saying, hey, this is how what I want to hit and this is how I'm going to get there and they can see the picture. And these 15 and 30 days like that you helped us implement like so we could like, oh, that's how we do that. Mm -hmm. has been yeah. very helpful. I mean, the biggest thing for me, right, learning all this stuff from Ren and we, I handpicked Ren specifically because the guy was already rocking it, crushing it, right, um, was, you know, you talked about when you started as a realtor, right? When I started as a realtor, no one had to tell me to work 80 hours a week. I didn't need to be told this. Right. I was already wired to this because I had a purpose. I had a mission and I wanted to accomplish certain things like you, right? I want to have nice cars, nice house and so on, right? No one had to motivate me. No one had to help me find my purpose. I was already driven. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the way, 
we decide, okay, I'm going to spend money on marketing. I'm going to hire salespeople and we're going to go do these amazing things together. But no one tells you how to like plug into your salespeople and find out their true purpose. And so like, you're just like, Hey, I, Blake, I need you to go work this weekend. You're like, why? Right. It's like, so you can make more money. Right. Cause like you told me you want to make this money. Yeah. But why? Like why, why this weekend? And so there's always this pushback. And what Rand helped me understand is like, if I can plug into your purpose, I don't have to ask you to work 80 hours a week. You want to work 80 hours a week mm-hmm. for you. Absolutely. Not working for me. Right. Yeah. But the, the way that, that he described how to actually find that purpose and mm-hmm. dig it out of people was so powerful. Like, he, like, here's the thing about Ren that there's something I said is with his, like, the sales process, like the way we're talking to a seller mm-hmm. is the exact, all it is is communication, right? We're trying to learn something from somebody. Mm-hmm. And he's doing the exact same thing in these meetings, but with our own salespeople to kind of uncover their motivation right? so that we can lead them in the right direction. Yeah, it's brilliant. You can see, like, clearly someone has had a lot of repetitions oh, yeah. at this. Uh, another thing, we were kind of talking about this before the show, like, you're on this uh, fitness thing, right? You're, you're benching more than I ever did, right? Like, I was telling you before the show, like, the highest I ever got was 285. You're at 315, right? But you're on this... Uh, fitness um uh what's the focus mm-hmm. right talk to me about why so much focus on fitness and what that does for business everything in life business whatsoever anything you want to achieve comes back to your fitness you being able to have self-mastery and discipline over yourself to get yourself up go spend an hour in the gym do the workouts you need to do eat the right foods that you need to eat in order to nourish yourself to build muscle and have the energy in order to do these workouts is all something that's 100% only within your control. You are the only person who can get yourself to go to the gym. Nobody else is going to force you to put chicken nuggets and Twinkies down your mouth. Like that is only under your control. Yeah. Now that's the beautiful thing about fitness is that you can get yourself to become fit without the help of out anybody else. It doesn't require anything. It doesn't require any money. It's just you, right? Whereas if you want to achieve anything great in life, other things can get in the way, right? When you have a business, the market can get in the way. Other people can get in the way. They can mess things up. And another thing about fitness is it all boils down to your every single day actions, right? So it's like, hey, if I want the result of what I want, if I want to bench 315 pounds and I want to have a six pack, I know that every single day I need to work out for this amount of time. I can't eat these kinds of foods anymore. I need to make sure I'm getting the appropriate amounts of macronutrients that I need. And if I do that every single day, I will hit that goal. Yeah. That all comes back. Every single thing in life can be boiled down that exact same way. The same thing we're doing with, with the wholesaling. It's like, if I want to do X amount of transactions, I know that I need to have Y amount of leads. And then we need to make this many phone calls a day, this many offers a day. And if we do that, then we're going to get to that goal. Mm-hmm. everything like it just all comes down to daily consistent actions that align with whatever your end goal is and when yeah. you find that everything in life goes around that way you can literally create this is something that rj bates taught me i hope he's still watching you can create your own reality and the way you do that is by first determining what exactly is it that i want and if it's you want to do x amount you want to do however many deals you want to become fit whatever it is then you just need to reverse engineer to what do my daily actions need to be. And if you follow through on those every single day, eventually you will become whatever it is you were looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. RJ, definitely. He is a leader. You know, as much as it hurts, hurts me to say it, he, <laughs> he is, he is a leader in our industry. So uh, I want to go to the audience's questions, but right before that, we got a quick, quick message for, for everyone's watching. You're not hitting your revenue targets. Your acquisition guys have had the luxury of paying near retail 
and your Dispo guys have basically just been able to post anything and it sells immediately. You might be wondering, do I have order takers or closers? Maybe the training has gotten a little lackluster and the management might have even gotten complacent. And now that we're facing these serious headwinds, you might be wondering, do I have all the skills necessary to lead my salespeople in this new shifting market? If you're asking yourselves these questions, please text leaders to 33777, talk to my team, and see if we can help you as we overcome this new market. All right, so again, going back to YouTube, you know, RJ Base showing all that. I was like, will Tyson com compete in the Closers Olympics? So on your end, the answer is yes. Yes. All right, so I just got to get you that link afterwards, uh, right after the show. Uh, on YouTube, David Kuna. Hi, Tyson Blake. Josh and I watching. love watching you live. Looking forward to your mastermind. Very cool. Um, RJ says he's doing too many um, shirtless TikTok to get deals. Uh, so uh, this, we, we kind of touched on this a moment ago, but let's go ahead and touch on it again. How does TikTok help lead gen? It does, I don't get leads from TikTok. Get I get, I get, here's well, the thing. I mean, you got, seems like a really most, really high quality lead. In employees. Yes, that's houses. what we get. Yeah. We need personnel. Yeah. So that's more important than one lead here yeah. and there. Oh, for sure. Right. Well, here's the thing is when you put yourself out there and you show people what you're doing, your, your vibe is going to attract your tribe. So people mm -hmm. who see the things, who they see what I'm doing. Here's number one is people feel like they already know me before we've ever met just because I put myself and my personality out on TikTok. Yeah. So if people see that and they, they gravitate towards it, which look, half the people are not, half the people are going to hate you and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But the people who do like you are going to come three and then they are going to be much more qualified of a candidate because mm -hmm. they're already more than likely going to be a culture fit. Yeah, they are identified as a person I want to connect with. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, to your question, uh, Russian, uh, Russian Nico, I mean, like I said, uh, from Ryan and, and my private conversations with him, Ryan Pineda, like he just gets a ton of private money <laughs> from TikTok, yeah. right? Like, okay, that's a guy I want to invest with. RJ, you know, he's on PTD. He's getting a lot of seller leads, or not seller leads directly, but like, hey, you need to sell your house, you should talk to that guy because that guy clearly buys houses. Yeah. Right? And so for you, you're attracting personnel, which I would argue is probably – the most important lead, the most I, valuable lead. I'd be interested in some of that private money too, though. <laughs> Hiring is the number one. It's probably the most difficult piece of running a business, to, mm -hmm. and you're dealing with it nonstop. Yeah. I mean, I would say like, um, you know, Jaden, right? Uh, you guys know him. Like, I wouldn't have him if I didn't have Joe, right? Yeah. And he is the one that has been for the longest time in charge of making sure all the companies are rowing in the same direction. So he's not in charge of managing the employees. He's in charge of managing the companies to make sure they're all rowing the boat in the direction. So yeah, I mean, I think absolutely the most valuable leads you can have are personnel. Yeah. Um, are you are you really shirtless? There's a couple of comments here from Marge. Are you really shirtless when you're doing your your, your lives? Sometimes. No, well, not 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 my lives. <laughs> but like, I mean, look, like I I also make. I mean, here's the thing: is my TikTok is not just real estate; it's mm -hmm. everything. Like, I'm just putting myself out there. Yeah. Fitness is a big part of my life, and so you know. Yeah. So guys, ask more questions because there's some really incredible stuff here. So um, I, I think I saw you had a video go viral. Yeah. Which one? Something about uh, caliber of salespeople. Oh, okay. So um, yeah, I had a video where I said that, and this is actually something we discussed, um, was that I said that I would not hire a salesperson that had an ugly girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Because if you have an ugly girlfriend or boyfriend, mm -hmm. that means that you can't close. Right. Because I think the person you're with is going to be one of the most important deals you close ever. 
Mm-hmm. And so if you can't get somebody who is attractive, you're not a closer. Yeah. Um, this definitely went viral. It got millions of views across different <laughs> platforms and it um, pissed off quite a bit of people. But I think that people need to look into it and realize is that the reason they're mad is because there's a certain element of truth in that. Mm-hmm. Right. I, so I could tell you, um, I was a little brash in college, right? Like, you know, 18 years old, I was in a class. And there was one time I remember I said something that I thought I, there was a chance I might not walk out of this classroom alive. <laughs> right. And it was a comment. It was a debate, right? And we were talking about, like, you know, is competition, is competitiveness nature or nurture, right? That was the debate. It was a philosophical class. And I made the argument that um, I think there's nurture, but there's an element in, uh, of nature. And they're like, well, what do you mean? It's like, well, if you've won, you enjoy the taste of winning. And if you don't enjoy winning, it's because you're a loser. And half the room <laughs> never killed me. So Why? Well, I think it's because calling half the room losers. <laughs> yeah, but we have there's a there's a a big issue with victim mentality in the country. Mm-hmm. But people don't even know that the right that they're a victim. It's um well, because they've been coddled to not mm-hmm. be or to be victim. Mm-hmm. Right? They've been they've been encouraged to yeah, stay victim. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people um, don't even realize that you're encouraging people to have a victim mentality. What mm-hmm. What was the question that you asked me the other day about? Like, if you ask somebody. Um, do you think that where you're at in life is your fault? Yeah. Do you believe that where you're at in your life is your own fault? 100%. But you go ask people that, like, do you believe your situation and your, where you're at is your own fault? I think the healthiest individuals will say yes. They that, will. But if they say no, that's a victim mentality. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's a, <laughs> definitely not something that's taught in school. No. Hey, look, you are the direct result right? You're always of every taught, single oh, choice you've Oh, that's not your fault. Made. It's okay. That's mm-hmm. not your fault. Oh, it wasn't your fault. You tried. Now, there's well intent behind that, but come on now. Yeah. It yeah. is your fault. If you weren't satisfied with the circumstances, you do something about it. Yeah, learn from it, right? Don't, yeah. it doesn't have to feel good. It doesn't have to be right, you know, but you can still like pick yourself up. What, what, what can I learn from this, mm-hmm. right? So I don't make that mistake or whatever and I can move on. Yeah, and there's always that guy that says, yeah, but, like, what happens if you got hit by a bus or whatever, right? Like, yeah, that's not your fault. However, how you respond to it yeah. is your fault. I don't also, know. did you look why before you, you watched the yeah, street? Yeah, is it? Or really, were you drinking too much? Fault? I don't like, know. Yeah. I there, mean, there, there are factors involved. Yeah. There but, are multiple factors. But that is not where your current situation is in life. Absolutely. Either. It's living in the past. Yeah. All right. that matters right now is the present. Your current how situation you... is... Are you sick? Are you healthy? Are you, do you have the money you want? Do you like your job? Like your current situation. If I walked out and got hit by a bus, yeah, that's a, a fluke accident. That is, yeah. that, it's a completely different answer than the question. Yeah, absolutely. So we got a question here from Josh Rogan. Um, at what level of deal flow per month do you consider hiring an acquisition agent? When you can't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah, as soon as you, you need more people. Like- or you have the funds, right? Like mm-hmm. if you have money, you have enough money then going ahead and make that that higher. But right. if you don't have the money, then you have time, right? Mm-hmm. But so it's either you have the money, then at any time going ahead and hire it if you have the deal flow to support that. Right. Well, you also need to have the pride. Now I happen to know Josh's situation, but if you're somebody who has money and you wouldn't go out and you're like, oh, but you've never done this before, you don't know how to show somebody how to be an acquisitions mm-hmm. agent, then you're gonna be in trouble. 
Yeah. Whereas that you kind of need to learn and be able to have a process where you can indoctrinate somebody into what it is you're doing that you have a repeatable process you know works so when they go on or you have, have to success. have a lot of money then you'd hire somebody like steve to say but that would be a <laughs> completely different thing you'd have to hire a company to say i need you to train your team mm -hmm. they would need to be listening to their calls like that's a whole other level but money would solve right. that problem too yeah uh let's see here question chris uh, monroe says uh peace to the family so awesome um so you know as we wait for more uh questions to come in what does your business look like right now versus, you know, when you, let's say, beginning of 2020? It's been a few years now. What are the biggest differences in your business? Because there's been multiple iterations in your business. Absolutely. The, the, well, a couple things are, one, we, we're done with shiny object. Like, I'll do creative, but we are not chasing creative. Well, I am not a creative finance guy. I get it. I'm a wholesaler. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I like to wholesale that's what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And so as a company, we're just like, this is our focus. Everything else, I don't care. I don't care what somebody else is doing. And yeah, I might be able to go make more money that, but I might not. Mm -hmm. So we're a wholesaler first and foremost. And we do wholesale via cash, like an assignment or innovation. Yeah. That's it. We're not messing around with flipping. And there, there's so many different things out there. Like all of a sudden for a second, I was like, oh, dude, I'm going to go buy multifamily. That's what we're going to go do. And then all of a sudden we had to take a step back and realize it's like, it's okay, what is our goal here? Like yeah. we need a North star that that is what, if it is not like, if it's not bringing us closer to that, mm -hmm. it's irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys are doing nationwide PPC and then you guys moved away from nationwide PPC. Mm -hmm. You guys went back to nationwide PPC. Mm -hmm. But talk to me, like, what was it that decided? Because you were focused in Phoenix, right? Then you went nationwide. Then you decided to go back to Phoenix. Then you went back to nationwide. What was what were the thought processes, considerations when you made um, those decisions? When I went nationwide, I was running the PPC, right? So I was talking to people running it, and that's not my skill set. But it gave me an understanding, but I was running. So we were getting leads all over, and we were trying to wholesale these leads in these small markets and proving very difficult. Mm -hmm. Where I'm like, I know Phoenix. I know the buyers, mm -hmm. right? And I know what we can do. Like, I know how to buy. So we were just like... We're not doing very well. I'm not converting the PPC leads that we're spending this money on. Yeah. So we came back into Phoenix where we know the market and uh, <clears throat> could wholesale. As market shifted, right, we're running 20 cold callers. We're spending $20,000 a month on these cold callers, and we're picking our markets just to, to cold call into. And as the market made that shift, then we're starting to look at this and saying, cash buyers are going to dry up. Yeah. We've got to move to the innovation route and sell in the MLS. That's it's that or we're going to die, right? It's, yeah. it's going to become extremely difficult. So at that point, then we just started <coughs> whittling down, slowing down cold calling, and ramping up PPC. But I hired an outside company, yeah. so we don't run it. We just he does the marketing and uh, we just direct where we want that to go. So you mentioned earlier in the show that one of your greatest challenges is that you're a bit of a, a control freak, right? Like you have to like really have your hands on being involved. And so one of the uh, difficulties you faced was hiring an integrator that you could rely on, right? That you could uh, trust was doing, running the business the right way. So what did you do to finally identify and work with an integrator that you felt confident? Honestly, I'm the integrator. Okay. So it's, and there's a lot of it. So I'm putting the systems together and I'm mm -hmm. actually really good at it. Yeah. But 
instead of hiring the integrator, we hired an operations manager. And it's sure. allowed, like, he is way better at holding accountability to KPIs and metrics and, like, hey, why, why do we have a new lead here? Why are these leads not being followed up with? Mm -hmm. Hey, check these unresponded. Get on this. So yeah. he's really on top of them. A phenomenal keeps, manager. Like, yeah. the best I've ever seen it. Just leading people towards the common goal, making yeah. sure they're on top of all of their stuff, yeah. having the meetings with them, yeah. the regular, like, the, hey, every single week at this time, mm -hmm. we're having this meeting. Yeah. And forcing us to have, like, an L10, too. Yeah. Right? right. Imagine you guys, too. Yeah. So that, and then it's allowed me to say, okay, hey, we need this in the system. Mm -hmm. And now we can come back, and now we, we have actually the KPIs again, so yeah. we can manage the business. But you're the one that's in there tweaking, updating, modifying. Hey, this is an interesting tool we might want to incorporate. Let's go ahead and see if this makes sense. I'm the one building out the CRM and all the metrics. Yeah. yeah. For the longest time, dude, he used to say, he's like, I'm not an integrator, any of this. But And that's why I like. I think there's a lot of value in Rocket Fuel and, and what they're talking about there. Mm -hmm. But I think people are too quick to pigeonhole themselves into one little thing. Where it's yeah. like, oh no, that's not me. When in reality, he's amazing at just like getting this shit done. Well, getting things done is probably one of your strong suits. Definitely. Right. So you know, and I, I would say like the most profitable operators, right? There's a lot of operators out there, but the most profitable operators are both the visionary and the integrator, right? They have the vision, and they execute it, right? So I, I think that yeah, to your point, like you kind of like people are like, well, I'm just a visionary. I'm just an integrator. Yeah. But again, like the most successful operators, like businesses that you would look up to and want to emulate, visionary is the integrator. Yeah. But hiring the manager and letting, so I don't manage the people, right? And when problems come in, I'm Wait, like, so you have a sales manager. Go talk to Mitch. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's absolutely key. And I think that's one of the things that, uh, again, going back to having, you know, learning from Ren and him teaching sales leadership was how do you effectively lead your salespeople? Right. And you decided, you know, like that's not really your hat to wear. Right. You're more of the integrating. Right. And it's managing the salespeople is Mitch's hat to wear. Yeah. And he's, he's more, I can be demanding. Oh, right. Yes, you can. And so, and he, he, like, he has a way, he's very demanding, but it comes across very well. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and uh, so people respond very well to it. He does mm -hmm. a great job at it. Yeah. Uh, let's see here on YouTube, Anthony, do you guys wholesale creative deals? Yeah. So like he was just barely saying, we have a deal that was locked up on terms, but then we wholesaled it as yeah. an innovation. There's, there's a different comment about me. Zero down, about. zero interest, mm -hmm. and uh, seller paid his own closing costs. So he came to the table with five grand to close the deal. Yeah. I've said, I can go find your buyer for that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Ingrid Hernandez says she loves seeing you two together on the screen. And she also made a comment about me getting my hair cut. Thank you, Ingrid, for noticing. She's <laughs> actually the killer. Ingrid is, she's doing she's a great a job. Yeah. yeah. No, she's the creative realtor. Yeah, she's right? like we, yeah, smart. Like, talk about, you know, you got the realtors that believe creative is illegal. <laughs> yeah. And you got the realtors that know what they're talking about. She is in the category. Yeah. She's an expert in creative financing and yeah. a realtor. Yes. Yeah. She's really smart. I remember the first time I met her at a meetup, and I knew like immediately like, afterwards, I was like, she's different. Like, yeah. she, she really knows what's going on. Um, what freedom does real estate afford you to? Dude, anything I did, I'm going to have freedom. 
Yeah, I, I, I just I just said earlier, dude, I've got complete control of my reality of everything mm-hmm. that I want in life. Like, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't attribute my freedom to real estate. It's... I don't I, honestly. I don't even really like real estate that much. Like when it comes, about that. like when it comes down to like like the idea of it, it's kind of boring. I like sales and marketing. That's yeah. more fun. That's what we're doing. Right. But when it like real estate, like oh, single family residential houses, like go buy eighty thousand dollar house in the Midwest and rent it out and make eight hundred bucks a month. Yeah, well, I mean, you're speaking my language, right? Like, the things I've said is, like, I love everything about real estate except for the properties <laughs> and dealing with people. Right. Beyond that, I love real estate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now I'll start with you, Blake. What is, what is your why? Um, yeah, I think about this a lot, and I don't know that there's, like, one answer, but the biggest thing is, we only have one life. Like mm-hmm. we got one shot at this and I don't care what people say. You don't know what the fuck's going to happen when mm-hmm. you're gone. So you need to make the most out of it. Right. And to make the most out of it means you need to be uncomfortable. You need to always be striving to do something and to be better. And you, right? so it's, can I go do this? Can I make this happen? Can I go accomplish this? Right. And pushing yourself. And, um, and that's why I do it. Right. It's mm-hmm. just, can I go make this happen? Can I go create this? And yeah. you get a lot of value out of that. So we had, um, uh, what was the guy's name? Uh, Randy Massengale. Right, we had a call. I think it was like on Black Friday. And, you know, I got a chance to listen in. You were kind of sharing, like, your journey, you know. And uh, we've had also, you know, Larry Ash on the show. And we kind of talk about how much of how we operate is based off the wiring we got in the first eight years of our life, right? Like, the, you know, childhood trauma. I'm not sure that's the right word. But, you know, there's a lot of programming that occurs in, uh, in us. And so one of the things you talked about was like, you, you know, you're being the oldest and you were expected to do things like, this is the right way to do things. Like this is the expectation. This is the way we have to do things. And you had at some point a certain obligation or not obligation, but a certain desire. Like, okay, this is not the right way to do things. There's a right way to do things. And I'm going to show you guys. Is there an element of that here? Uh, you know, there, there probably is. I, so I, I grew up in a very religious household and, um, from a little kid, I fucking hated it. Mm-hmm. Like everything about it was kind of kooky, and um, and I, I mean, I can remember being like young, like ten years old, and watching this be like, "This is crazy!" Right? Yeah. Just didn't enjoy it. And so you're kind of taught you got to go do all this. And mm-hmm. I was like, and then it, uh, I also grew up in a very poor community, <clears throat> so everybody's poor. Like it was the poorest county in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know, you watch TV and you're like, damn, that looks nice. But I always knew that I wanted to do something different. Like whatever this life was that I was seeing, there had to be something better. Yeah. And so there's probably a little bit of that. Like I'm constantly looking like there is better. There is better. And you have to go get it. And one thing, the feeling I get, I'm not sure this is fully accurate, but one thing I, I, I think I'm sensing from you is, you know, you hear this expression that comparison is a thief of joy, right? And I always said, that's not quite accurate. Like, I like to see, like, that's possible. Oh, I can go do this. Oh, that's possible. Yeah. Well, let me go do that. And I sense that from you as well. So you don't yeah. look at, like, oh, that sucks. I don't have it. You look at, like, no. oh, there's a, you can do this, and there's a way to do it. Yeah. Let me go do it. Yeah. And um, there's nothing better than seeing people succeed, right? Mm-hmm. It is, it's amazing. And actually, one of my favorite things is watching, like, all these young kids, like, the the technology and the future to me is more bright than it's ever been. These doom and gloomers are 
I won't say what they are. <laughs> but um, I think it's fascinating. And so when you're looking into the future or you're looking at the possibilities it could be, God, the future's bright, right? And it's fun to go chase that. It's fun to dream and believe and go try and create and, and do something better and different. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So as long as AI doesn't kill us, it was, it's going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> That's going gonna, gonna to be amazing. Yeah. How about you, Tyson? What's your why? Um, I believe that it is a little bit of a waste of your life if you do not maximize your full potential. And I think that through building businesses, through building myself, is an excellent outlet for realizing your potential. And it's selfish if you don't, because I need to do it for myself of become the very best, best version of who I am to show my family and to show uh, my girlfriend and to show you know, anybody who comes after me and my friends what it all is possible, right? Yeah. I think that, that you know, our time here is so short at, you know, when you look at things. And if you do not enjoy every single day, it's because you don't have a purpose. You haven't realized what it is you want to do and you're not working towards a goal. And I think it's finding love in that work of realizing that the journey is really like the fun. Like, mm. And that's why every single time anybody reaches a goal, we just find a new one. It's because we always want to be striving after something. Yeah. How old are you again? 25. Not talking like that at 25 years old. Not either. <laughs> um, so what is your biggest struggle right now, uh, Tyson? Biggest struggle right now? Um... Biggest struggle right now is, uh, it's funny because we're talking about uh, TikTok bringing in people, but right now, just the amount of deal flow we have, we don't have the personnel to match it up. So I'm very actively looking for talented salespeople. Um, the traits of somebody that I'm going to like or that somebody that's going to fit well in an organization is, number one, you absolutely need to realize how beautiful life it is and how amazing we have it. You must be growth-oriented. You must want to get better. And also people ask me, they're like, oh, do you have to be like into fitness and, and jacked if you want to go work at We Buy Homes Cash? And it's like, no, you don't. But if you do, you will eventually become that. Yeah. So you have to be willing to change. And finally, you have to be coachable. But if somebody does want to do that, they want to be a part of an organization that has a 100% success rate in making everybody who's ever been a part of it better person, then you absolutely need to consider applying. The link is in my Instagram bio. Say these are a specific link, so just go to your Instagram. Honestly, you click any of my links, there's gold in all of them. So I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy for you to, for, to peruse through that. <laughs> <laughs> how about how about you, Blake? Uh, the biggest struggle for business, yeah, that's what it is. Just uh, getting through the amount of deals we have, we don't have the people to get them sold, and um, honestly, we could do more leads, but we just don't have the personnel. So yeah. getting personnel, that's always going to be a struggle. And probably just on a personal level is being content, right? Like it's hard to be content. Yeah. Like you, you get to a certain place and uh, you want more, but um, but I don't know, man. Life's pretty fucking great for sure. Yeah, I think you and I still need to have just just sit down for like an hour one day, you and I, uh, to figure out you know your purpose and because this 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 lack of content thing can cause problems. Right, it can cause challenges that you know you, you might take some chances that maybe you shouldn't take. Yeah, but that's what keeps you going, though. I'm a gunslinger, man. I like, know you. Are. I Fred Farb over here. I I'm just saying, maybe you and I should just have a one-on-one for an hour <laughs> one day. Um, Ingrid says that you know you're one of the first people that helped her 
I understand wholesale business. She's super grateful for you. Super go-giver with a dirty mouth. So, <laughs> yeah, ben. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Lima, is this live or pre-recorded? This is absolutely live. So, you know, ask your questions here. Uh, a question that Phil Banks, he's having some struggles. He's been at this for two months. He's wondering, should he go uh, stay in his market or go to virtual? He's heard that his market is the most challenging market. If it's if you've heard it's the most challenging market, then it's probably there. one of the best markets there is. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's my favorite yeah. thing. They're like, oh, you can't wholesale in Southern California. There's too much competition. No, good. Well, yeah. There's a lot of competitions because somebody's making a shitload of money yeah. there. That's <laughs> where I want to be. So, yeah. so one of my favorite things, I don't even know where this came from, but there's always room for one more if you're good enough. Mm. And so it's what I'd say if you're struggling, right, reach out to somebody who's having success in your market. Like reach out and go talk to that person, see what they're doing and emulate that. Find somebody you look up to, reach out to that person and go model them. Quit trying to invent the will, man. It's already been done. You know, I love this attitude. And I wish I had this attitude uh, years and years ago. So, you know, as a realtor, I'm listening, I'm watching TV, I'm listening to the radio, and, like, it's consistently Russell Shaw, Curtis Johnson, Russell Shaw, Curtis Johnson. Just those two, yeah. right? I was like, well, should I try? Like, I don't know if there's enough room for a third person. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to do it. And Carol Royce comes along, and she edged Curtis Johnson off the radio. She just came in, and she forced her way, and not only forced, forced her way in, forced Curtis out right but that was the attitude was like there's room for one more and I'm coming in and yeah. right right now like you look at all the billboards it's either 72 sold mm-hmm. or Carol Royce like those are the only two people advertising 72 sold is an amazing company right like I the, the amount of hate they get just makes me see yeah I wish I would have thought of that Jealous me too haters. I am I totally am envious that they, <laughs> yeah. they did it before me just like open door oh totally envious yeah. that they figured it out before yeah. I did the, the hate that these companies get is kind of beyond me. I Whenever there's something disrupting a market, you need to look at that. Because why is it disrupting a market? The market is saying, I don't like this. And yeah, the market says, I want that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's it a lot of gold. It wouldn't work if the market didn't want it. There's a lot of gold to look at that and say, well, what are they doing? Like, Because now I can piggyback off of that. Mm-hmm. And still, like, there's, there's just unlimited. Yeah. So I love this mindset, right? Good. It's tough. Good. It's competitive. Good. Good. That's a yeah. good market. I want to be there. Yeah. For real. All of those like competitive, challenging markets, that's where all of the biggest. That's where your spreads are. are. <laughs> yeah. You want to make money. That's where it's at. Uh, so, you know, kind of an extension of what we were talking about a moment ago. Like, how are you measuring success? So you're saying you struggle with finding contentment. How are you measuring success? No, I'm just struggle. I sometimes struggle being content, um, but I'm very happy. I'm very happy. I'm very grateful. But, it's um, how do I measure success? It, well, it's the same way like if we talk about fitness. So um, I hired a nutritionist about six months ago, and the way I track it is I write down my weight every single day, right? I go to the gym. I say, this is what I'm going to do, and then he gives me what I'm supposed to eat, gives me my plan, and I track it every single day. When I go to the gym every single day, that's not fun. Mm-hmm. I don't see results. Not daily. Not daily. But you look at those before and after pictures, you're like, damn, yeah. this is working, right? right? And so it's the same thing in business. You're, you're tracking the results. You're tracking what your team's metric are. You're tracking what, what your KPIs are. And when you track that, that's how you measure your success. Yep. You can see the progress. How about you? Um, the way I measure success, and I'll tell you right now, I'm the most successful person I've ever met, is I am excited about every single day. Yeah. Like I wake up and I'm stoked. It doesn't matter what's going on. And, and I'm not, like, not even full of shit when I say this. I'm excited because I get to go 
to the gym and work on what I'm doing and help achieve my goals that way. And I'm excited because I get to go to the office and we have a badass culture and every single person in there is in a good mood every single day. And I get to surround myself with people that are like that. I get to work with my dad, my best friend, everybody else who's in my office or a bunch of studs. Like it's a great place to be. I have built the life exactly as it, as it is that I want it. And the reason why I'm excited is because I have goals that I'm working towards. And those are, they keep me hungry. So it keeps me, I'm always chasing after something and that is fun. Yeah. And when you're, when you're having fun, you're excited. It's a good life. Yeah. Um, Alea Evan here says that she loves the mindset you guys have. Hope her kids have the same mindset and that you, Tyson, helped her start her own fitness journey, which kind of goes back to earlier when we were talking about the victories, right? Like one of your biggest victories is that you're changing the lives of people around you. Uh, Ingrid wants to know how many cents on a dollar are you guys getting houses contract that you wholesale? So we haven't done a lot of wholesales, but when we look at wholesaling, you're contracting, depending on your market, but you're going to be, to contract it, you want to be at around 60, 62 cents on an ARB dollar. Mm -hmm. And what markets are you guys in? You said you're in 17 states. No, we... We have deals in 17 states right now. Okay. Uh, And then, Tyson, what is your superpower? So my superpower is that I am eager to ask for help from other people. Whenever I identify something that I want to get good at, I find the person I know that's the best at it that can show me. I knew that I wanted to really take my fitness to the next level, so I saw out and I found a nutritionist who could help me do that. When I know that I want to achieve highly in business, I went and found mentors who can help me get to the level I want to go to. Yeah. Anything that I can see out there and I can see these different people doing things that I want, I'm happy to ask them for help. I don't have to be like, like there's no like, oh no, like I'm some you know badass. I have figured it out myself. No, if somebody's already done it, show me. Let me copy off you. Yeah, I love copying. Like there was a day I remember seeing like I think it was on Reddit or whatever. Like the guy that invented, you know, copy and paste, like Control C, Control V. Yeah. It's like, man, like heart sank that day. Right. Yeah, yeah it's it's a cheat code. I, I hope to one day do something of that <laughs> that magnitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, how about how about you, Blake? Superpower. Grit. Grit. There is no plan B. Yeah. I don't need a plan B. I will not fail. Yeah. It does not matter what it takes. Like I'm gonna go. I, and, and that reflected, right? You're talking about like uh, when you're at Raphael's event. It's like, well, I'm gonna pay for it. I don't, I don't have the money yet, but it's gonna get paid. Yeah. It's just there's no plan B. Yeah. I don't. But it's unnecessary for me. Yeah. Uh, what is your uh, biggest regret? You know, looking back, uh, when I think about it, my biggest regret was when I think about regret, and it, it's um, probably giving up on life partway through my life. So I'm 50 now. There, there was a time where I just kind of gave up, and it's not like I gave up and was depressed, but I wasn't excited and moving forward. Right, so I was just eating terrible. I didn't give a shit. I was like, I didn't like my job. I didn't like what I was doing. <clears throat> and in a sense, that's giving up, right? You just, you're letting life dictate on its terms. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, the biggest blessing was like actually winding everything down, figuring out what I've got to do. And now I've got this new zest for life. And like, I'm back where, um, I create my own life. Yeah. Right. It is 100% of my control. I get to create who, what I'm going to look like. I get to create how I feel every day. I get to create what I do every day. That is all within my control. 
And so getting that back, but just letting go of that for a while and to lose sight, like quit dreaming, right? And letting the world kind of beat you down and listen to the nonsense. Dream, believe, and and go have fun. You guys have an incredibly powerful mindset. Curious, where did this really strong mindset come from? I mean, I got to give credit like everything I know, it's like I've got to, I've got people, well, I've always had amazing role models, including him, right? But I've always had him who did what he said he was going to do. And all, one thing that he always told me, I can remember being in the car one day and him telling me, and he was talking about um, somebody and he was just saying like, they're unhappy. Like they choose to be unhappy. They choose to only see the bad in things. And I remember him, he was just kind of talking. Like he wasn't like lecturing me or anything. But he's like, I just choose to be happy. There's a lot of shit that I could be pissed off about, but why? That doesn't do anything for me. And that's something that's always stuck with me. Like, you know, I, so I have him as a role model. I've got people like Templeton Walker and people like RJ Bates that, you know, all have very strong mindsets. And that is what I am attracted to. I've always surrounded myself with that. And, it, you know, what, what you constantly surround yourself with or what you're going to be. Yeah. So I, I just, I choose to accept and to buy into all of this. Whereas, yeah. And that's like, that's like, I think that's actually the theme of your podcast, right? Yeah. What's the name of your podcast again? It is The Rebellion. And so, yeah, it's about basically I think a lot of people right now, the status quo of things is kind of to be a victim, not Mm. to, you know, to complain about everything that's going on. And instead we talk about how great everything is and all that is available to you. So going back to that question for you, though, like because you're a model for Tyson, where are you growing your mindset? Yeah, I don't know where it was from younger other than just honestly growing up in a poor community, being like, there's got to be a better life than this, and i got to go figure out how that to happen. <laughs> um, now, though, like where the mindset comes from is you're a sum of the people you're around. And I think too often that, like, we, we live in the greatest day. Like, I don't talk to Temp hardly ever. But you know what? I see him on social media all the time. And so his mind, his positivity is in my head. Right? I can listen to Pace on social media. Like he's outgrown us all now. Oh yeah. But his mindset is still there. So you can pick who you listen to, and that is still like the people. And when you're when you're constantly listening to people that are putting out good thoughts and good vibes and positivity and strength, yeah, it's just gonna rub off on you. Yeah. Quit, li- I think quit listening an, to garbage. It's, it's if a, you if you got something on TV and you're like, God damn, this feels gross, turn it off. <laughs> I've curated everything I consume to yeah. only be brainwashing me towards positivity. If yeah. I see something on my feed for a millisecond that makes me be like, ooh, unfollow, done. Yeah. Never will see that ever again. Um, yeah. so, so this is a weird question, then, right? Like, so what is your biggest regret? We're talking about all this po- positivity. Yeah. What is your biggest regret? Ah, uh, man, dude, I really regret not doing an extra set this morning. <laughs> no, but um, uh, biggest regret is, yeah, I'll tell you what. My biggest regret in life, and this is something I regret every single day, is any negative energy I've ever given a person. It's Mm -hmm. every single negative thought I've ever had when I see somebody driving by the road or me just like subliminally judging somebody when I see that. Because I know that I am paying karmic debt for all of that negative energy I've ever given somebody. And whether it's like a sly joke or comment I made to my friend that's negativity, I regret that. Like that is something that I'm trying very consciously to remove all of that from my life, whether it's even my thoughts. Like if I even think something negative about somebody I walk past, I regret that immediately. I'm like, okay, how can I turn that? How can I twist that into something that's positive, beautiful, good? Um, what is the greatest lesson that you have learned? 
I think it's what he said earlier is that um, there's always room for one more if you're good enough. You know, like I think that there there's so many people who will stop themselves because they think of there's too much competition or somebody's already doing it. When, I mean, every single person is so unique and has so much to offer the world. And you've got to put yourself out there. Like if I had been worried that, oh, I'm not going to start going on social media, talking about real estate, talking about whatever it is I'm doing, because there's already so many other people doing it, then I would have missed out on so much of my life. Yeah. How about you? Um, probably the, like the, you create your own reality, right? Like the, it's, it sounds very cliche and it sounds impossible. Like when you're in a dark state, but, um, you have the ability to create your own reality. Like you truly, it doesn't matter. You can take your mind and focus and you will change. You will physically change how you feel, how you think, how you believe. And just having that, like, that's amazing. Um, and then what book have you gifted more than any other? Um, probably Think and Grow Rich. Think or, and Grow Rich. It's not Feel and Grow Rich? Feel and Grow Rich. Actually, or um, The Go-Giver, maybe. Go-Giver? It's a good book. Or How to yeah. Win Friends and Influence People. I don't know. That's, That's mine. I've, I've given two people How to Win Friends and Influence People. And uh, that book is for real, like... I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of books that I feel like is a lot of like mental masturbation when you're reading. I mean, that's all <laughs> it is. You're just reading the shit to make yourself feel better. Yeah. And whatever. That's also in itself a positive thing to do. And I, I respect that. But how to win friends and influence people is just cover to cover, chock full, actionable advice of how to be a better person that anybody in the world can benefit from. Yeah. So I want you guys to think about some last thoughts you want to leave the listeners with. I'll just make a couple of quick um, announcements. Guys, if you have value today, please like, subscribe, <clears throat> share, comment, right? Help us reach more people. Tune in next week. I got Pablo Cinchia. He's going to be coming on to the show. And, you know, if you enjoyed what we were talking about as far as sales leadership with Ren and everything we're offering, text leaders to 33777. Um, I've also personally learned a lot uh, uh, working with Ren hand in hand. You know, pretty cool to be able to operate closely side by side with a person that's I, mean, I think they did like 300, 400K last month, you know, in revenue, something totally obscene. So uh, if you guys want to learn how to do that, uh, text leaders to 33777. So uh, last thoughts, what would you like to leave all the listeners with, Tyson? Um, well, one, if you're listening to this podcast and you already have a great head on your shoulders and you have everything you need to get whatever it is you want, like... Everything that is contained in these episodes, everything you can go find on YouTube right now is everything you need. You don't need to buy any kind of course or anything like that. Yes, it could be helpful for you, mostly because I think you make a financial commitment, so then you, then you uh, force yourself to, to take action on, upon whatever it is. But everything is out there right now, and it's just a matter of you deciding to be two feet in and do the daily actions that will get you to where you want to go. Great message. How about you? Um, I'd say to people, quit lying to yourself. Right. Like quit saying you want to make a million dollars if you're not going to take the action. Mm -hmm. Like just accept that you're going to go make 50 grand a year and go do that. But if you quit lying to yourself, then you can actually go commit. Mm -hmm. And when you commit, then you're going to go take action. And when you take action, you're going to create results. Yeah. That's another powerful message. I'm trying to remember. I heard something along these lines very, very recently. It was that um, you don't need to push yourself harder that's just put another way you don't need to push yourself hard you just need to be honest with yourself yeah because if you're honest with yourself 
then you'll do all those things yeah. that you really want to do. Yeah. But when you're telling yourself that you want to do something that someone else is doing yep. and you're playing someone else's game, it's a tough you're, game. You're, you're no longer in alignment with yeah. your purpose, yeah. and that's when things fall apart. Absolutely. Quit lying to yourself. Quit lying to yourself. Powerful message. How can someone get a hold of you? They can't. All right. So get they got to follow, they get a hold of Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So how does, can someone get a hold of you? Uh, Instagram at Tyson underscore Smith. And uh, also on YouTube, youtube.com backslash at Tyson underscore Smith. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you, Steve. Thank I appreciate you. It's it. It's been a long time thank coming. You. Glad to have you on the show. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys all for watching. See you guys all next week. Shout out to Steve Train. Jump on the Steve Train. We real estate disruptors.